fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, some people are going to be just a little bit angry, maybe a little bit upset as new concerns in the health industry showing more breakthrough cases of COVID-19 expected to become more common in the coming months as we continue to see the Delta variant rise where we see a declining efficiency of the vaccine on that front. Although they say that that does help with some of the symptoms, other things help with that as well, but uh, more breakthrough cases coming out. I wonder if we're still going to be pushing for a mandated vaccination if it's not even going to be helping us with these var- variants coming out. I'm curious. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't know, right? We see Biden still pushing these absurd, ridiculous mandates at the federal level when apparently it's not even helping with the variants as more variants come about. Welcome into the show. We have a lot to get to. It's going to be a fun show today on a midweek celebration broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, your Millennial General reporting for duty. It's going to be a fun one today. We have a few things to try and get to with uh, Joe Biden apparently is supposed to be the peacemaker, the go-between, the middle guy, between the moderate Democrats and the crazy radical left-wing establishment types in Washington, D.C. Is he really the guy to be that peacemaker? No, I, I know. So we'll have some fun with that because apparently, remember, if if you remember, the media uh, tore Donald Trump apart because he was not a deal maker, although that's what he did for a living. So I found that kind of ironic where he didn't really have a political flavor. He just wanted to make the deal and he had his personal opinion. But whatever got the deal done is what he wanted to do. Joe Biden is a radical progressive nut who can't remember his name half the time. So we'll see if he can actually be that peacemaker. Bottom of the hour, we have Amber Northern. She is uh, t- she'll be talking about the latest ratings nationally from civic and history classes in public education across the nation. Where do we rank na- uh, worldwide and what can we do to actually increase those ratings and, and graduation rates and scores just a little bit? And are we on par with our civic and history classes as we should be? So we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. But first off, I'm super excited about our first guest of the day. It's been way too long since we've had her on the program as we talk about the latest and what's trending. What's trending today? As she is the executive director for Harvard in Technology, she's also the co-host of the podcast To The Point with Krisha and Michael. Excited to have back on the program with us, Krisha Lenzo. Krisha, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's always been a, been a minute. It has been a minute. I'm super excited to have you back on the show with us. And you're always our go-to with the with the markets. And I figured now is a perfect time to pick your brain on some of this because there's been a lot of news obviously with the five trillion dollar stimulus plan that's the quote-unquote federal budget and the infrastructure bill they're trying to ram through together we have the labor shortage still we have vaccine mandates that i think are going to do something to the market we have inflation i mean it's, it's a nuts time right now and even though the last couple of days i think we saw the dow and some of the other markets rising in in the green it's i, I don't know how long that's going to last and i sense a bubble's coming what do you think um, I would agree. I, it's a confluence of a lot of factors. Uh, one, this week we all saw, you know, the influence of China on the markets. I mean, the Dow rebounded today more than 300 points after the Fed meeting. 
Um, but earlier this week, it cratered basically because of a Chinese company, uh, property developer Evergrande, uh, which is basically facing a possible default. So uh, if it can't pay off the millions of dollars of debt, essentially, you know, that's a huge part of our affecting our economy as well. Um, so it's China is still tied to our markets, and we saw that earlier this week. But, um, you know, it seems the markets rebounded today because of the Fed decision uh, or, you know, the lack of uh, decision-making, just pushing it off to raise rates, you know, to 2022, which, I, you know, we, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, Jerome Powell has indicated this before, uh, saying that they may be tapering bond purchases very soon and by the year end, you know, with interest rate hikes, as I said, in 2022. But, yeah, it's it's been a been a week. <laughs> Even though it's Wednesday, it feels like it's already been a full week. Uh, the way these markets have been reacting to the Fed news, to this one Chinese company, and as you said, to the vaccine mandates and and how it might affect small business too. Uh, so happy to discuss that as well. Yeah, well, let's jump into that. I mean, last week, yeah. or what is it, two weeks ago now, we've had Biden say that he wanted all private companies with 100 or more employees to mandate the vaccine, which obviously OSHA is going to be the only one to be able to enforce that. Now they want to boost up and expand another federal program and agency like OSHA. Which that's not even really their role is to come in and do an audit to make sure everybody's checked with the vaccine, which is kind of an odd position to put them into but just in general i know it's being challenged 26 27 states federally are are challenging it in court right now which is good but i don't know what the courts that's so up in the air whether it's going to happen or not too if this goes through and we mandate this what could this do to the markets by putting another uh piece of red tape in for the entire private market oh i think it's going to decimate the markets unfortunately um i think as you said there's a labor shortage and if this goes into effect uh essentially all these workers, we're not going to be able to find jobs. I mean, if, if this is a huge federal government overreach, which is what, as you mentioned, these people are, you know, different organizations and individuals are bringing this to court um, as they should. But really it's problematic because people as it is right now are having a hard time getting folks back to work. Uh, it's very, very difficult. There's very little incentive to go back to work, thanks to the Biden administration and the stimulus bills. Yeah. But uh, certain groups like the Jobs Creators Network, they're suing because uh, we have to defend small business. And this mandate is hurting businesses more than ever. And it'll trickle down for sure through the market. Uh, people are going to have a hard, even harder time. And Biden needs to be held accountable because we have the historic labor shortage and it's not going to get better if these mandates go through it's unbelievable that we want to put this in right now after the covid pandemic when we're trying to open things back up trying to get things back to normal and yet we have mandates coming in that's going to harm business and people going back into the labor industry if that's what they want to do at the same time we have this this five trillion dollar budget bill with nearly three trillion dollars in tax increases that's going to put it more on individuals and on businesses as well i don't know how businesses come back from this kind of stuff this is going to hurt us more than even the last year with covid Oh, exactly. I mean, businesses are already operating on slim profit margins and, uh, you know, the, the economy, which is experiencing some may say stagflation. Um, but, you know, this is going to force people to fire workers who don't want to either comply with the new rules or, frankly, the, the businesses can't support these workers. So that's going to lead to unemployment. And then also, as you mentioned, the taxes that are going to come from Biden's plan. I mean, <laughs> if you look at everything with this reconciliation bill that they're looking to do, it's 25 separate tax increases. And these 
are going to hurt small business. It's going to be on and corporations. It's going to be a corporate tax rate hike, uh, 20% small business tax reduction. Uh, it's going to curtail that. And then it's going to lead to capital gains. Um, it's going to double the ta- capital gains tax. So this is all affecting business. It's all negative for growth uh, in our economy. And the Fed might be pushing that uh, interest rate hike <laughs> further down the line. Yeah. Explain this one to me. We're talking with Krisha Lenzo, Harvard in Technology, also co-host of the podcast To the Point with Krisha and Michael. Uh, we read a story last week about the tax revenue coming in from the last fiscal year that ended in August. And we saw that there was a record number of federal income tax that came into the country between September of last year and August of this year. Record number. It was, I forget whatever the number was. We were still $2 trillion short for our budget with what we came in. But we had record number of federal revenue tax revenue come in a record number of federal income tax revenue come in my question is how we had a labor shortage we shut down the economy for the last year with covid but yet we still saw massive amounts of federal income tax come in was it because we tried to rely more on the quote-unquote evil rich people is it because some a lot of people still just tried to work how did we I, I found that one fascinating, how we had so many people off work with a COVID unemployment, but yet we had record number of federal income tax come in from over the year. No, it's a great question. Um, it's one that I also consider in that uh, our government, when it comes to taxation, will continue to raise taxes on the wealthy. And I think that's where a lot of that is coming from. It's coming from individuals like, for example, I'm based in New York City, and there, I don't remember the exact statistics, but in terms of the the wealthy who are villainized by people like AOC, you know, at her Met Gala dress, um, or you know Bernie Sanders, these these are the people, the quote unquote wealthy who make over the four hundred thousand dollars are they they're bearing the biggest burden, and they're also the people who are the employers, the people who are creating small business, who are helping the economy, and yet their taxes are increasing uh, an insane amount. So I don't think that answers your question, other than to say that the government. We don't need to tax people any more than we already are doing. They should be able to solve the budget issue. Uh, there are ways around it. And this new tax bill, if it goes through, and it looks like it likely will, uh, is going to have a lot of different problems with it and proposals that are going to hurt us all. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it is a weird anomaly to where you're absolutely right. We see the quote-unquote evil rich people paying the massive amount, what the what t- a top 1% pay like 40 50% of all federal income tax already. So there was nothing really exactly. short. And this this should prove it because while the Democrats on the other side screaming about how people still can't get back into business, they need more COVID relief, more stimulus payments and extended unemployment, we saw record revenue come in. That should explain the fact that the rich people are really the ones paying all the taxes right now. Yeah. And yet, again, you know, everyone's now looking into AOC and looking into her tax to the rich dress, which I, I when I saw that uh, last week, I blew up because honestly, how hypocritical. She was wearing an, like a $100,000 dress, basically. Uh, and the, not to mention the person who created it has defaulted on his rent and also uh, huge, oh, huge back taxes, the irony of it all. Um, so, and, and she's sitting at a gala where tickets run for about, you know, t- at least $10,000. So, and Bill de Blasio is there as well. I mean, I'm in New York city, all the leaders of our failed state were there and it's just disgusting. Uh, it's such hypocrisy and it drives me crazy because yes, tax the rich, oh, great slogan, or, you know, these are the people who are the villains, but really the people who are creating these terrible policies 
should be held accountable, and they're not. Uh, they're not. No, but again, that's the great leader of the other side of the aisle. I mean, I am told this is a garbage disposal. <laughs> I mean, that's that's right now, Christian. <laughs> that's what's leading the Democrats, and it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to watch, but it's also really sad to watch because, um, like you, Andy, I wake up and kind of like a fear every day and it does propel me to to do more for my party to do more for my country but it also feels like an incredible uphill battle because these people are completely irrational everything that's good is evil everything the world is totally messed up especially in the united states it's completely upside down you're right it's opposite day in their world every single day we got to take a break here in just a minute can you stick over one more segment with us you bet. Awesome. I love it. When I come back, I want to I want to talk about some of these uh, other taxes that we're seeing in this bill uh, with the federal government with this death tax, where it sounds like they're putting another one or two more layers of the death tax onto what's already there. Plus, I read the story about, uh, according to the Yahoo Finance, about cryptocurrency and how it may be a bust here soon, and some people starting to back away from that one. So I want to get your thoughts on that as well, because I know cryptocurrency is kind of an interesting take with what's going on here as well. we got a lot to get to. It's the voice reason here on a midweek celebration. I want to cover all that news, plus the latest of what's going on from the Democrat side in the party with Joe Biden. Is he the great moderator there? And these new variants popping out with COVID-19. So it's a hefty day here for the midweek. we got a lot to get to. And I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, everywhere you may find us on social media with the handle at Who's Your Reason and the website at Reason.com. This is the voice reason. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Moving right along today for the midweek celebration. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag because that's just what we do here on the show every single day. Hanging out with a few minutes left here with Krisha Lenzo. You can find her on the social media, Krisha Lenzo, plus the website, krishalenzo.com. Harvard in Technology, also with her uh, podcast, To the Point with Krisha and Michael on Spotify and other podcasting sites as well. Krisha, let's talk about here for a second the cryptocurrency. I love picking your brain on this one because I'm still trying to learn this one as well. But with the market, I heard a rumor that the cryptocurrency is starting to go downhill. Some of them may bust, although at the same time I heard... What was it, Argentina, one of the Central American countries that actually accepted it as part of their regular currency. So that's kind of interesting as well. But is it here for the long haul? Or are we starting to see it kind of on the decline right now? So that's a tricky question, um, but a good one. I mean, cryptocurrencies, as you mentioned, have had a really rough week, um, much like the market in general. I mean, some were dropping at least 10% or more. Uh, Bitcoin, although today was back up um, about 7%, it's now hovering around 43000 uh, per coin. Um, but in terms of cryptos in general, I mean, you and I have discussed this. I think it's, it's, it's a risky asset. Um, you know, if you don't understand it, you don't understand what's behind it, it's going to cause problems. And uh, there's definitely problems with people not getting why crypto could be a hedge against the markets more generally. Um, I think... There was a lot tied to also China, um, again, and the fact that China has cracked down on people being able to mine in the country. Um, But also other countries are using it for currency as well, and it's it's been positive. Um, And even in places like Afghanistan and even in Cuba, where the government, you can't trust the currency system or, or trying to get funds to relatives and people who are suffering, I mean, that's a great um, use case for crypto. But yeah. in terms of the swings, I mean, that's just par for the course. Um, that's really my answer to your question. I don't think there's really anything behind crypto because it's all speculative. It's not tied to fiat. It's just crypto. Um, so really, Elon Musk could come out and say something about crypto and it craters. Um, or someone could say something positive and it'll go up. So it's really, really hard to say how crypto is tied to one particular, uh, you know, asset or anything because it's not so yeah. that's really um you be- better know what crypto is and follow it closely that's my <laughs> advice <laughs> yeah well i have I, I think i still have like maybe a hundred bucks into uh dogecoin or doggy coin whatever you yeah. want to call it and I'm, I, I'm waiting for it to climb to like 80 bucks i'll sell it off and i'll be happy so you know what that'll yeah. that, that'll be my thing <laughs> we got just about 45 seconds here before we got to let you go okay. but as we yeah. talk about the raising of the debt ceiling right now to pass this budget stuff i mean mm-hmm. when potentially in your mind do you see the inflation rates skyrocketing because of this madness going on in dc I mean, it's really tricky because a lot of people are saying, you know, this bill might get passed before the end of the month. I know Joe Biden is trying to work with different leaders to get it done. Um, I think if it does happen, as I mentioned before, it's going to be problematic. Um, it'll, you know, it, it, the market's reacted well to the fact to Jerome Powell's statement today. But if we're again paying more taxes, hurting small business, it's going to hurt jobs, which in turn, you know, is, is directly linked to uh, to to Fed rate hikes, the growth of the economy. So um, keep an eye on what happens in Congress. Keep an eye on the conversations, especially with Joe Manchin, who's a pivotal figure in the passing of this bill. And 
uh, what Joe Biden says. Let's hope that a lot of what he's trying to put through, whether it's, you know, elements to the death tax or um, other stipulations, do not go through. Let's hope so. That would be really nice if we could stop some of this. It's Krisha Lenzo. Find her online, krishalenzo.com. Also, the podcast, To the Point, with Krisha and Michael. Krisha, it's way, it's always great to talk to you. It's been way too long since we've done this. Let's do this again here real soon. You bet, Andy. It's a pleasure as usual. Yeah, always a pleasure. We'll take a break here, take a bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, right around the corner, we'll shift gears, talk with Amber Northern. We'll talk about civic uh, uh, civic tests history tests and public education where are we at and can we get back on track with that as well plus a lot of other stuff as well whatever we can get to and cram into today it's the voice reason it's a wednesday stay right here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Did you see, I don't know if you saw the story about the billionaires, you know, the evil, richy, rich people, the evil millionaires and billionaires, that, and what their diets are, what they're actually eating. According to, and it was a fun little tag on Drudge Report, Zuckerberg eats cold goat. Jeff Bezos eats roasted iguana. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what a. Pro- I didn't even read the article because I think it's stupid. But I'm wondering whether it's like, oh, this is they know something we don't, so we should try this stuff, or oh, look, they're elitist because they can afford this specialty kind of weird, odd items, and we can't, so therefore we should be mad at them because we should always be mad at rich people because they always have more than us. I don't really know. Welcome into the show, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Let's shift gears a little bit. And we appreciate Krisha Lenzo coming on the program. We'll get her back on the show again soon, talking about some of the markets. But uh, one thing that we've talked about a lot on this program has been public education. Obviously, we're in the battle right now with the critical race theory and that infiltrating K through 12. Now we're trying to raise quality again. I, I swear, we need to go back to the old school way of teaching of, you know, basic, obviously, math and science and literature and, and reading and writing, that sort of thing. But then also the extracurricular things of tech or maintenance and auto shop or woodworking and, you know, life skills as well to get you into some of those trade schools if that's what you want to do. But just basic understanding of maybe civics and history class because you know, kind of important. That's maybe why we're seeing such a divisive nation that, as we are today. Well, there has been a new survey or a new study that's come out from the Fordham Institute 
talking on a grade level scale by state on how states are ranking on their civics and history courses in their states. And I find it kind of interesting. So super excited to have on the program to talk about some of that and more. She is the Senior Vice President for Research at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute. Excited to have on the program Amber Northern with us here. Amber, how are you today? I'm great. So happy to be here and join the conversation with you. Yeah, I really, uh, I'm excited to have you on the program. I appreciate it because this is, I love these types of conversations, figuring out what to do to fine tune our public education system because I don't know. I mean, and I guess you can give me your take on this one. I think we're in trouble with some of our public education across the country. What do you think? I think we are. Let me give you the depressing factoid that I've been uh, sharing with folks. In 2018, we had barely a quarter of eighth graders that were proficient in civics. I mean, this is like knowing basic things like the three branches of government. And wow. we only have 15% of kids who basically pass a, a, a very, um, you know, not so hard U.S. history test. So this is this is tough stuff. You know, this is the fodder that you see on late night uh, programs where, you know, I don't know if you're uh, many of your listeners. I remember Jay Leno would do jaywalking yeah. and he would ask, you know, Joe Smo on the street, you know, what are the three branches of, of government? And, and you'd get some crazy answers. So. We know that uh, only 50% actually of adults can name all three branches. There's actually a, a study that, that shows that only 60% know the year in which the U.S. declared its independence. So in other words, 40% of Americans, when you say 1776, they look at you like, you know, with headlights. Yeah, the glossy so eye. It doesn't ring a bell. It's yeah. really sad. And I think my generation started, I'm 32. I'm part of that nice little millennial group that gets made fun of a lot. So I'm trying to branch out of and break out of that glass ceiling <laughs> because for some reason, my generation doesn't quite grasp that. And I think that's what's leading to maybe the, the push for more centralized government, more push for the executive branch, because we looked at them to sign the executive orders and fix the issues of the day. Because mm -hmm. I, because you're right, I think a lot of people just don't understand the checks and balance system and the limited government mindset that the Constitution was written on, because we just don't understand basic civics. That's right. It's exactly right. And, and what we found in our report is so many states don't even require a semester of civics in high school, Ugh. not even a semester. Uh, and then, then there's a handful, really, where, you know, it leaves even U.S. history uh, requirements super vague. You know, it just says kids need to take social studies, but it doesn't often spell out what that needs to include at the high school level. So it's, it's a problem. It is a problem. Talk about what you guys came up with with this research study and talk about some of the states that had the worst scores. What states were they and what kind of trends did you see? I mean, how they taught civics and history, uh, kind of the curriculum that different states used. What's working and what's not working right now? Sure. So we had, you know, about 20 F, D's and F's where, you know, wow, I, I won't name all 20, but I'll run down Delaware, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Vermont, Wisconsin, Wyoming, some of the states with, with, the, with the F's, five had A's, um, only five, but hey, you, and, and you got to look for, for, them where you, for where, wherever you can find them. They were both red and blue states, which I think is surprising a lot of folks. So Alabama, California, District of Columbia, Massachusetts, and Tennessee. So, hey, that's uh, to my mind, that's a good thing that uh, you, you both have red and blue that kind of somehow managed to write good standards. What do we mean by, by you know, high standards and good standards in, in civics and history? It's not rocket science and civics. We want to see, see things like, you know, do they define due process? Do they explain to kids what that is? 
our civil liberties, do we know what that means, equal protection, how our elections work. Boy, are kids taught that or not? (laughs) Uh, What it means to be part of a civil society, what it means to be a responsible citizen, what's the role of government? Um, These things. And on the history side, it's not, again, this is what we think everyone should agree, that we need to know about the colonial period, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War and Reconstruction, the Cold War, you know, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Gettysburg Address. I mean, we, we didn't come up with, you know, stuff in left field. We really felt like we came up with some basics that kids need to know uh, no matter where they go to school or what state they live in. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And as you mentioned, with Alabama and California being the top two on, on both ends of that spectrum, I find quite fascinating. Did you see or is this part of the study in any way, shape or form on the influence of how it was taught with a political flavor one way or the other in there? For example, with like the critical race theory, when we're talking about the revolution, we hear from talking heads on one side of the political aisle now saying that, well, you know, the founding fathers were slave owners and racist, so therefore the Constitution, the Declaration was a big farce because they didn't actually believe in freedom for everybody. And, and they kind of demean it in a negative manner when the during the educational process as opposed to just teaching it as this is what's happened. I mean, did that come into this in, right. in one way, shape or form? Yeah, I mean, so we were looking for that. We were looking for political bias, whether it, you know, creeped on on the right or the left. The good news is we did not see it in the standards. It doesn't mean that when they're implemented, you don't see it in schools and classrooms. We weren't looking at that. We were just looking at what states, sure. you know, lay out in their guide, guide post or guide roadmap or whatever you want to call these things. Um, but it does, again, we, and we actually saw some good news, you know, in many cases, we, we do this every so often. In 2011, we had last looked at U.S. history standards, and we also, we pretty much saw some improvement in how states treated slavery and Jim Crow um, and other sort of sensitive topics in American history. We saw that they treated it much more accurately uh, than last Hmm. time. So, of course, now when we see all this critical race theory stuff coming up, it makes you wonder, oh, goodness, you know, (laughs) what's it going to look like in another five or ten years? Are they going to start, you know, tinkering with with these things and and letting the the bias creep creep in on either side. Yeah, exactly. That's the big concern. We're talking with Amber Northern uh, with the Fordham Institute. You can find them online, FordhamInstitute.org. Here in the state of Kansas, in our state legislature this year, we tried to pass a a civics uh, exam in order to graduate to where you'd have to pass essentially a naturalization test in order to pass a civics test or to graduate high school. I know some states have different curriculum and certain standards like that. Others don't. Do you know of other states that try to do that? Be like, hey, if you're going to pass a civics test, you at least need to be able to pass the basic questions like you mentioned that's in a naturalization test if you were trying to become a naturalized citizen. Yeah, we didn't look at that in particular, but I like that idea. I mean, to me, again, that's getting at the basics of American history and civics. And again, if if, if naturalized citizens don't know these answers, you know, we, we, we can't expect our immigrated citizens to know these things that, that the naturals, I mean, it's just absurd. So I, I think it's a good idea. I really do. And I think it, many times it's a reality check. Uh, for for Americans when they when they hear what what's on these uh, these citizenship exams that they themselves don't know the answers to exactly are there national programs right now helping out trying to raise some of this I remember when I was in high school we had a an organization called We the People and it was a big competition mm-hmm. for high school yep. where we challenged and they gave us a topic and we would debate other schools and we would go to state and national competitions go to D C and yep. that sort of thing are those still doing well and does that help do you think raise this up a little bit for the civic standards. 
I love that you mentioned We the People. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Three three of our uh, evaluators for these state standards were We the People coaches in the state of Oregon. How fun. Uh, so I'm very familiar. Yeah, very familiar with that competition. And, uh, oh, my gosh, we need more of those types of competitions, right, where kids can apply what they've learned in these subjects and compete and, and, and where it's cool, right, to know history and civics and you, and you incentivize uh, kids in a competition like that. So I, I would love to see more of that. Again, um, uh, one of our reviewers actually, as a student, participated in that and now works at Fordham, uh, you know, where, where we did the study. So um, love, love those types of things and, and want to see more more efforts like that take place on, on the ground. Yeah, it's a blast. I'll, I'll never forget it. I mean, I did it one year, my one year of government class, and our topic was the rule of law. What is it? And, and we had to debate the concept of the rule of law, which blew my mind, by the way, at that time, because I was a junior in high school and had no clue what they were talking about. So it really opened my eyes. And that's what got me down this road to where now I talk about politics and push everybody's buttons every day on the radio. So it worked out right, perfect. Right. I love it. Yeah, and, no, I. I agree. That's one of the first things we looked at, rule of law and separation of powers. So, uh, those, are, those are key concepts. It's amazing. I'm glad you guys come out with this study. It's really great to get a kind of baseline understanding of what's going on nationwide with the public education system. It's Amber Northern. You can find them online at affordhaminstitute.org. You can find the entire study on there along with other studies that you guys do as well. Amber, I really appreciate the time you come on coming on the program here. I'd love to get you back on and talk some more about this later on. I, I hope so. Thank you. Thank hey. you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Always a pleasure there. All right. Very cool stuff. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show today. We'll break down some of that chart and more as we get ready to wrap up today on a post-post uh, Monday, the pre-pre-Friday celebration here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact 
contact information at whosyourreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I was going through this report, and thanks again to Amber Northern coming on the program discussing that. Uh, let me find it again. I just deleted that uh, web browser. That's nice. Uh, let me try and bring that back. I found it interesting. I thought it was great, and I appreciate Amber coming on. But I was looking through the list of states with their civics on how well it actually, how some states actually do, and... So, I don't know if you caught that or not, but some of the states that got an F rating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're the states that have leaders that are making decisions right now. We have Delaware. I'm pretty sure, to correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Joe Biden from Delaware? Maybe that would explain something. I don't know. I don't know. At the same time, Vermont was an F as well. That's where Bernie Sanders is from, isn't it? Oh, oh, hold on here. Yeah, so now we have... All the Democrats that are leading things from states that have terrible civics courses because they don't teach proper the separation of powers and limited government and the way the Constitution's supposed to be about and what the what the Declaration of Independence is supposed to be about. The states that actually have, you know, the president and some of the wackadoodle left-wing nuts that are actually running this country. Now, on the other hand, though, we do have, like, Nancy Pelosi's from California, and they got an A, so maybe it's not all of them, but I'm assuming... This is just thinking out loud. This is just thinking outside of the box and trying to piece two and two together to understand the lunacy in the country right now that maybe Joe Biden graduated from one of those uh, high schools that was a little bit lower on the totem pole when it came to civics education and the quality standard that we actually got there. I'm thinking Bernie Sanders and his left-wing socialist nut uh, agenda probably came from the lack of understanding of a limited government in this country. Could be wrong on that. But that's what I'm that's my story and I'm sticking to it. At the same time, while Joe Biden's trying to remember who he is and, you know, just write down the executive orders by signing his name in the magic marker when everybody tells him to do so and just kind of hanging out and not understanding civics in any way, shape, or form, he's apparently the big savior for the Democrat Party right now. Now, we read the story yesterday of uh, hardcore left-wing progressive, like the radical progressives, spending millions of dollars in swing districts getting ready for the midterm elections to try and break the Republicans for not spending on the social program budget that is the $3.5 trillion spending package, the $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. The progressives are going after Republicans. Republicans are sticking to their word. It, well, I mean, some of them are. Let's just lump it in. Most Republicans are sticking to their talking points because most of them want to get reelected again in the midterm election. So even the moderates were trying to drag back in and they're starting to sway back to the right, which they always do right before election time and then begin to stray and wander out into the woods aimlessly until election time again, where they stay staunch on their conservative principles. I roll for this. Those not watching on the live video stream right now. So we have the Republicans sticking to their word, Democrats trying to infiltrate them in the midterms right now in swing districts. But then you have moderate Democrats that are starting to balk a little bit on the massive excessive spending as well. And there's a little bit of an internal war going on within the Democrat Party. We have the progressives, the moderates not quite getting along right now. The The, the best way I guess I could try to explain that one would be the staunch look that Nancy Pelosi had when Donald Trump was president during the State of the Union. Remember those? She sat there and just glare. I don't know who she was glaring at. 
I'm hoping it was someone from like AOC because obviously AOC and and Nancy have been butting heads quite a bit during this time because Nancy goes, you know, just play the political game and do the behind the scenes stuff. And AOC doesn't quite grasp how DC's run yet. And she's still trying to just be the firebrand of just blow everything up and start all over, which you can kind of sort of do like Trump did when you're president. Kind of hard to do when you're just a freshman member of Congress. (laughs) I mean, you could try it, but it doesn't work that well. So now with the two different factions within the Democrat Party, who's going to be the great uniter, the great savior for the Democrats? None other than Joe Biden. Not sure if that's going to work or not for them, but according to Politico.com, Biden will hold a series of meetings with key Democrats between today and the next couple of days with Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, as party leaders try to salvage their two-party domestic agenda. A massive social safety net expansion and the bipartisan infrastructure bill amid the fresh rounds of hostage-taking from the centrist and progressive members. The Democrats not quite liking where this direction's going. The radical progressives, they're salivating because they know that their full entire agenda of the socialist takeover of this entire country would be complete with this $5 trillion bill that they're trying to ram through between the two together. The centrists realizing that that if they support it, they're probably going to lose the midterm elections next year to Republicans, swinging the majority back the other direction, and they have to play it safe. And Joe Biden, who couldn't get 20 people to a presidential rally over the last year, Joe Biden, who hasn't done anything yet in his first eight months other than sign executive orders, is supposed to be the moderator and the peacekeeper between the two rallies of the Democrats. I mean, if that's the best you got, all the power to you, my friends. That does it for us today. Podcast going up in a little bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.